Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we are biracial unicorns. And the I voted sticker just goes to show you, you are never too old for a sticker-based reward system. It's true. <laughs> I will take that sticker. I'm so into the I voted stickers. Me too. People have some, they have always have had some shade of like, I voted and I didn't need a sticker or I didn't have to show me with my sticker. I'm like, oh, good, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> When I voted in the primaries back in June, um, I didn't get a sticker Mm. because of COVID, but I did get a sticker this go around. I have not had a sticker. I would normally, for when I do primaries or special ones, I'll paint something and I'll take a photo of it just to kind of remember that moment especially like uh with my daughter and just kind of have like that moment of like we did that we participated especially being overseas having to do everything from absentee and now I'm like well still didn't get my sticker (laughs) (laughs) but I I don't know I I don't know why people kind of want to like be so negative about it to me it's I, I, this is probably the only phenomenon I actually don't mind. I'm actually really encouraged by if we can bandwagon on something that's quite positive. I never understood people's kind of snickering towards it. or I, I have no clue. I'm like, just take the sticker. Who doesn't want a sticker? Just enjoy the damn thing. Nobody is voting for the sticker. Like, let's right. be real. Like, who cares? <laughs> Just let me enjoy my sticker. Who cares? Just can you just have we forgotten how to just enjoy things? Like just okay. <laughs> in the, especially in this time right now, let us take the little pleasures where we can. So let us have our sticker. Let us take our photo. Let us enjoy it. Yes. What are your thoughts and feelings then about people who take pictures of themselves with their I voted stickers and post them on social media? I'm fine. I like I said, it's one of the very few trends. I'm just like, oh, you're just not asking your friends to dump water on themselves for a challenge. You're not doing the savage dance. Like you're posting a a photo with you with your I voted sticker because I'm assuming you voted. Yes, with as many A's as I can type, I'm I'm for that. So it's like the masks photos. People were first kind of like, oh, everyone's doing their masks photo. I'm like, that means they were wearing them. I'm I'm for that. Let the children do it. <laughs> it's all good peer pressure, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I'm for it. I will use, I, people want to, I don't, I'm not above these things. Go ahead and use peer pressure. That If you want to be on it, if you want to be trendy, that's what it takes to get you there and doing the things. I'm for it. Well, unicorns, if you're listening when this drops, <laughs> happy election day. If you are an American unicorn. Happy mm-hmm. election day. Or just election day. Either or. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't believe I'm actually in America for election day. Yeah. How does it feel? I want it to feel better than what it does, Danny. I want mm. it. <laughs> it, it's a mixed feeling. It's on one hand, it was it was heartbreaking not to be in America the last election for many, many reasons. So I don't want to take for granted those who are kind of spread out and want to kind of be, you know, in their home country during a very important and crucial time. So for all the ups and the downs, I'm actually, it's really thrilling to be back just in time in quotation marks. Yes. (laughs) Just in (laughs) In time. time. (laughs) 
but yeah, it's uh, I have for those unicorns who are follow. I have relocated. I am no longer coming to you from uh, the UK, but I am now in in the US of A. We have moved to Washington State, another place that has to constantly be corrected. Which is funny. I went from New Mexico, being like, no, not Mexico, New Mexico. Now I live in Washington State. Now it's oh yes, state, not DC. Yeah, I always forget about about making that distinction, mm-hmm. I guess, because I have not been to either Washington State or Washington, <laughs> D.C., but I have mentioned, oh, yeah, my friend D'Amica just moved to Washington. And then people always ask, state or D.C.? <laughs> oh, yes, state. <laughs> that is because they, girl, I made the mistake on getting ready to pack and I put in Washington weather so I knew how to pack. I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. it's actually going to be fairly warm. So, girl, I made sure I packed. Of course, I packed like cold weather stuff because I knew the weather was going to turn. But I packed T-shirts and summer dresses for me and my daughter. And when I tell you I did not put state in the weather when I got here, I was at least 20 degrees off. <laughs> And then as a person of color, the Google is like, oh, she's typing in Washington. She means D.C. Oh, she definitely means (laughs) D.C. And I know why. Sasquatch is real out here, (laughs) y'all. I love it. I love it. I mean, I've visited, but now living here is something so different. Residing in Washington, it's the land of apples and lush evergreen. We've got Jimi Hendrix's graveside and the Green River Killer. Like, I don't know what Mm. more I could possibly want. I mean, I don't think you want the Green River Killer. (laughs) (laughs) It's if you if you're into serial killers, this is definitely, definitely the place, apparently. So, yay. Well, it's because it's it's like overcast and dark for so much of the year. Yeah, I definitely did a lateral move weather wise. Uh yeah. I definitely did. But it's good for spooky season. Oh, it's whole and girl, this foliage, I'm sorry. Like I'm here for England is really beautiful in the fall. It's really stunning. But because I think these trees are just very epic. They're very old woods. They're the beautiful pine against these like fluorescent oranges and red. It looks like the forest is on fire, which I mean I guess a while ago they were. But now it's in a very beautiful poetic way. And <laughs> it's because it's mountainesque here. You have like, these peaks and valleys and Mount Rainier always snow cap and on a clear day you can see it amongst this beautiful background of the oranges and red it is stunning it is really i can see why people are very like proud of their their atmosphere but it's um it is definitely has been a little bit of a culture shock uh being back, mm. especially in a place where it's not home to you mm. yeah that's that's the weird thing right you've mm-hmm. you've moved back to your home country but not to a place that you have lived before Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, which I mean, you can relate of just being like technically being in America, but like not with you're familiar with. And so is it I think I was like messaging you before and of like feeling homesick, but not quite knowing which mm-hmm. home you're sick for. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, am I just missing England because that was comfort? Am I just missing New Mexico just because of COVID? I haven't been able to go back and visit. It's just it's weird to pinpoint exactly like what you're sick and sad for. It's like I have this this dream, this like longing in my heart to like combine the best things of all the places mm, I've lived, right? Like, it. and I feel like that's what I what I get homesick for, like mm. these pieces of different places. 
Oh my gosh, you were so right. Because I would kill for a cute little quaint cafe that was also a drive through. That was all. Like, do, do you know, just like little, little things. Like I miss our woods back there, but also at the same time of like just having things available, like a proper, proper bookstore. Mm. You know, it's all these little, it's more mostly conveniences, but like I said, everything. And also to on top of that, it's not, even though it's not the home I'm used to, because it's not the state I've lived in mostly, I visited a lot, but not the same. Then no. It's also during COVID as well. So I'm not yes. even seeing this place at its best. And it's during an election season, which is also not at its best. So it's kind of just literally just being picked up and thrown into a place where, um, I mean, all places right now are a little bit of a dumpster fire. So it's just, it's a very interesting perspective. And I had a friend who taught English in China for two years. And we talked about how it was kind of hard for us to even rekindle friendship and get acquainted because time when you li- when you leave is seems linear to you but it's there's almost been like this big mm. huge loop and in that loop was this time and all these things happen and you expect at the bottom where that loop meets again for the line to continue to go linearly and time to keep going forward but there's been all these things that happen within this loop within this circle that you have to kind of address and things have moved on and changed and things and I was getting everything second hand Mm-hmm. in another country and be, having that filter of it being through that and having to deal with my own stuff over there what was going on in the world so coming back and kind of addressing it and like I can't continually go on my line of my life linearly I have to address what's happened in this huge this almost six years of time that I have been gone and so yeah it's weird I know exactly what you're talking about uh-huh. with that, that feeling I've moved back to New Mexico three times. So I've moved to New Mexico four times in my life, but I've moved back three times. And every time I've experienced exactly what you're talking about, it feels like, you know, you expect things to be the same and they're not. Mm -hmm. Like everything has continued without you. Mm -hmm. And then there's the flip side of it is like you come back and everyone expects you to be the same. Yes. But you have continued living without them. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird disconnect. It's a very strange feeling. And I don't know. I don't know how to describe it to people who have not experienced it. Uh, but it's it's also very frustrating because it's you're experiencing the same thing, I guess, on both sides. But it's like you're not acknowledging the growth and the change that has happened. And that growth and change in you is not being acknowledged by other people. It's It's weird. You are so, so right. Because when you, especially like you, like you went and lived in these really different areas, like you lived in Hawaii, you lived in Japan, and those experiences give you a very unique perspective that not everyone gets the privilege. It's a privilege to be able to have that perspective. Mm. And so, like you said, when you change, that does alter and that does, like you said, adds growth to your life and different values. And for you to kind of come back and people wanting to just kind of pick up where things left off is difficult. And I think even for me, how to explain to people, it's not like I don't want to go and try to pick up and call people and visit people and message people all the time. It's just I've had to learn how to cope without having the comfort 
of family or friends in a closer proximity for so mm. long. I don't know what that lo- even like was it calling my family? I'm like, I'm used to have to be almost like an event, you know, I'm like, okay, we've got the seven or eight, sometimes nine hour gap. Make sure I have the time, make sure they're not going to be too tired, make sure I'm not cooking dinner. Oh, what's going on? Oh, they're at work now, they're asleep now. But now it's like there's only maybe a one or two hours between most people I want to talk to in America. Mm-hmm. But it's getting in that mindset of you can just pick up the phone now, like a regular phone. I don't need a special program or an app to call them. You can just do that now. Of course, now I have the inverse of my friends and family back in the UK. But it's mm-hmm. it's just that even changing your mentality of that person. Oh, man, I've, I've missed them. Why don't you call them? Because you have an American phone. You can just do that now. Like, oh, that's right. So it's just even that picking up where you left off. It's still kind of convincing yourself. So for the unicorns that traveled, I don't know. You have the stories to share of just that transferring and trying to figure out how to process and, uh, I don't know, to live and to adjust. Any adjustment tips? There we go. I'll take those. (laughs) Even to unicorns who haven't traveled, I think there's something that's relatable in all of this, like navigating different cultures, going different places. Like I think there are plenty of unicorns out there who experience similar things without ever leaving <laughs> leaving their hometown. Mm. You know, I think it's a weird, weird experience, weird experience. Um, but talking about travel, uh, international travel during COVID during a move with a child, it's not the cocktail I would serve at a, to everybody. But, but I will say this. I was very anxious. Uh, I had a lot of fears. Read, researched, overprepared. And it was very eerie to travel. Of course, Heathrow, I mean, you've been to Heathrow. It is mm-hmm. bustling. It is busy. It is crowded. It is crazy. And it was so eerie because first I went to a terminal that hardly ever gets used by my particular kind of flight, but that's because they're trying to spread everybody out. I will say this, they are doing everything that they can. So for those who might be really anxious to travel, at least be assured, uh, at least this is, like I said, back at the beginning of the end of September is when I left. They're doing everything they can. They had people constantly cleaning. They just had people with like these steaming, sterilizing backpacks going on. I promise you, they had people who I think their sole job was to stand by lines of people. One, to make sure we were distanced, but two, being like, you are safe. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. Come this way. Line up here. Like very nurturing voices along the path. Of- I don't know. That kind of creeps me out, to yes. be honest. <laughs> Why are they trying to convince me, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, I think they just could feel feel how tense everybody was. And it was very morbid. And it only was made worse by the emptiness because you could just feel the life draining. There was echoing. Like I just, I've never been able to check in and get, go through security, go through the whole process within an hour, if that, because it was so empty and the Mm. flight attendants were they don't pay them enough they were on it like I said we had to wear our mask the entire flight and it was almost a 10-hour flight we had to wear it the whole time in the airport which we got there early because we didn't know what to expect we had to wear it the whole time you know coming back and getting from SeaTac to where we're going to be staying which was another two hours so it was just nearly 24 hours of mask wearing which bravo to our medical professionals who are doing that day in and day out y'all are I don't have to tell you that y'all are badasses but y'all are but it yeah. was 
they thought about it, even just how to package food with limited contact. And it was really minimal contact, you know, trying to make sure we had everything we need without it being excessive and bare minimum, but more than what I expected. It was they're, like I said, they are they are making the effort. We were fairly spread out. I did have someone in front of me in my flight, but we we're a family and we took up a whole row. So that that's to be expected. They did. If people happened to be together and they had room on the flight, they said people could move around. You know, they were they had literally had pieces of cardboard in seats saying you cannot sit here. Like they literally had to put spacers throughout it, closing off uh, certain water fountains and trying to make it one way systems in certain areas and. I just, my heart just goes out to people who that was not part of their job title. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of that happening right now, right? Like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden people's jobs have drastically changed. People who are not making enough money to be Mm -hmm. having to accommodate all these changes, quite frankly. Exactly. Like no one, like a security job, I'm like, you're there to implement safety and not health and wellness per se. Mm. And so now everyone has to be, but girl, girl, okay, I'm sorry. I have, they have, and I'm sure I'm just, I don't get out enough. So I was expected to have my temperature taken several times. I like, I was just mentally prepared. We made sure that we stayed away from massive crowds. We took my daughter out of school early just to make sure if she caught a cold or anything, it would subside because if you had a temperature, you cannot get on the plane. Mm. So I was prepared to have like stations set up, which I've seen pictures of other places. They have like hands free and you step up to it. They do thing. Girl, they just have it in the building. They just, you walk into the building and it's like constantly taking your temperature. Ooh, creepy. Thank you. I was just, it totally creeped me out. They had certain sections where they just had people in booths and computers that I assumed was security. It's just regulating and seeing people's temperatures. Wow. I, yeah, that was real intimate. I, so that was, that was the strange. But I feel part. like that doesn't fly in the US. Mm. <laughs> like I could not, and that perhaps is why we are in such a bad <laughs> position. Maybe, maybe, because I was really totally prepared to be like, okay, step up here. And they had some places like that. But on top of that, they had that. And also, they're taking your temperature constantly. They're having people who are literally just walking around and surveying. I just like asking, how are you feeling? Any of these symptoms? They, they are just constantly on it. And so the people who are there working there, they are, I think that's why they're like, it's all going to be okay because it does feel very big brother is watching you with a thermometer. But wow. the workers there are doing the best they can. And so many, it's actually funny the day we land, my father called me. He's a, he's an airport geek and he just talked about how many people just got laid off just because of everything going on. So even the diminished capacity they already were is even smaller. So there's going to be even fewer flights, especially internationally. So we, uh, we got it in, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was very, very eerie. So for those who have to travel or want to travel, you know, it is going to be different. You are going to have to be flexible, but people are trying to do the best that they can. They've got HEPA filters and the recycled air is good. You just comply and be open-minded. But if you're someone who gets high anxiety with that, you might have to rethink and maybe just wait, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It's heavy. <laughs> it it kind of it kind of was. Even, oh, like if you... um 
if you are not the people getting on the flight, you can't be in the airport as well. So people would like to say goodbye and drop people off, you know, family, seeing other families like they are they are on the look for that. <laughs> you know, if you're not personally leaving, they're like you, you can't enter the building. So they're really trying to lessen the amount. So it's just you're, you're right. There is a heaviness about it. But like I said, I think the people who are just trying to get their paycheck, they're just trying to do their job. They at least in our experience, they're, they should get hazard pay, and I hope they are, but they're doing a great job and trying to make the most out of the situation to try to make it, in quotation marks, as normal and fluid and safe as possible. So that was just my experience. I hope others have felt that as well and can kind of echo that, but it is a different world now. Mm, yeah. It really is. And as heavy as that feels, I'm like, (laughs) what about this election, girl? What's it like being back stateside in election season? Uh, So on top of having, like we said before, numerous culture shocks, one of which is, Danny, why are there so many different kinds of peanut butter? Did we always have that many different kinds of peanut butter? Yes. Like I've got, <laughs> I've gone to the stores now and I'm just like, why are there like 47 different types of peanut butter? I don't remember there being that many options. I've definitely. Uh, yeah. American yeah. food options are a whole other level for sure. Yeah. I was, I didn't even know. I, I, I have just disassociated from that for being gone for so long. So I had that, but the also thing that was quite shocking is, um, I was in England during Brexit. I've been there for several elections there as well. And the temperament and the tone, very political. Everyone's very political minded. Even small children are very aware of what's going on. But I think the waving of your political preferences was really tense and shocking. So, for example, the bumper sticker game is super strung. (laughs) (laughs) How have I forgotten about publicizing what you believe in by bumper stickers. I'm not saying I'm for or against. I just was not used to seeing it. And the amount of like signage. I'm telling you, I'll vote for whoever said they're going to come and clean up their daggone signs the quickest. Like, on every, I'm low-key a little serious right now. I'm, I'm just like, who's ever going to come and get their stuff off every single corner, bench, and park? I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, it's, I remember was it our second weekend back in America of just having people for their local, their local officials, just every street corner, waving signs, banners. I saw someone, cause we were looking for houses out in the country who has obviously like a converted barn house. It's a massive house, beautiful, had a customized banner, like a barn banner made for, for Trump 2020. And I thought, that's a custom sign. We probably shouldn't be here. It was just, it, it was that. It was this public showing of affiliation for either way. That was really quite shocking. And hearing about the debates, not through like the BBC, but being here in person and, and live and seeing the reaction and, and people responding to that and hearing that through American news. It's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. It's overwhelming. Oh, gosh, I should have looked up the number. But the amount of money spent Mm. on political campaigns this year is twice what it was four (gasps) years ago. We're talking billions of dollars, which I also feel like during a pandemic, 
where there are many people struggling, many people have lost their jobs, like there's this whole housing crisis. Like, I just feel like that is like a bad use of money. (laughs) Girl, don't even get me started. When I was filling in my absentee ballot, they were talking about certain bonds. And of course, I like to read each side. And a lot of them not going for bonds like towards libraries, uh, senior citizen centers were saying, you know, post a pandemic, is it really wise to be acclimating this money during this time? And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) There are a lot of places where we can kind of, they say, like trim the fat from things. But this is where you want to do that. It was just in in my mind of trying to get into the mindset of where we're going to try to allocate this money from would be the best use of it. I that is insane. I had no, I knew it was a lot. I had no clue that was twice as much. Yeah, twice as much. And I say that, but you know, I've obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I've given money to political campaigns this year. Mm-hmm. But I like, because I do feel like there is so much that is so important about today's election. But on the other hand, I'm like, that is just so much money. Mm-hmm. So much money. Crazy. How, uh, how is New Mexico doing? What do you feel like we were just talking about beforehand of like, what is the overall feel of New Mexico tour? Is it feeling hopeful? Is it feeling tense? Is it what, what's the general election vibe? Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone. I, I can't speak for the state. <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's such a strange time. And I feel like that is what we just keep saying all the time over the mm. past months. But the yard signs and whatnot, but like I don't go anywhere. <laughs> so oh. like I don't see I don't see these things um as heavily bef- as before. And I feel I feel confident in Knowing that I live in a state that, like, does tend to go towards my political leanings, um, for the most part. I mean, we have a lot of rural parts of the state that go very heavily conservative, which is not me. But I think overall, we tend to go pretty liberal as a state overall, which is my own feelings. So I don't feel necessarily worried about that, but I do feel like a sense of heaviness surrounding this election that I haven't felt in in a while. I don't know. After I I cast my vote, I was like this this feels like the worst that I've oh. ever felt casting a vote. Like I don't feel good. Mm. And I mean, this is <laughs> and he's probably listening to this episode, but the like saving grace is like I cast my vote, I talk to my husband about like that feeling, and then I look at my phone and I had a text from a close friend who said that he had proposed to his girlfriend the night before and that they were gonna get married. And it was like that like was such a release in that moment oh. that I was like, Oh, thank God, there's something good happening in the world. <laughs> like oh. uh, but yeah, it feels it feels worse than ever mm. for me. And I hate to be like so negative about it. Mm. And I hope that like my negativity and using what little platform I have isn't going to like dissuade people from voting because I do think it is immensely important. But man, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I no. don't know. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you're right. I think there's this, if you have a platform, no matter where it is, how big or how loud it is, I kind of had the same thing. Uh, Like I said, I was in filling out this ballot. I was very, you know, sexy filling out ballot date with, with the husband and everything. 
and one feeling like, well, do I deserve that? Cause I've not lived in Albuquerque, but trying to stay in form as much as you can. I think that same kind of tension and release uh, and desperation to kind of get this in and, you know, making sure everyone knows is that I feel no matter which way it goes, it's not going to feel good. And once again, not to deter people, but to just to be honest, because I think a lot of people are feeling that way. So you're not alone in feeling that way. But to say the way to feel better is to do nothing and not vote is not going to help. And in trying to encourage people of like, I'm not going to tell you how, like, I'm not going to use my platform, though tempted to tell you how to vote, but I'm going to tell you why to vote, because not voting is not going to make that feeling go away. Mm. to feel like you like you're a rock in a hard place and no matter what happens you're in a very sad dark hopeless place it's not going to feel better by not doing anything yeah part of that feeling is i think i tend to live this anyway but i think this year more than ever is that that rude awakening that voting isn't enough like mm. voting is important like we have we should do it we really should we should take advantage of of what little control we have in the system but i think it's also acknowledging that feeling that it doesn't end with the vote mm. like little like for claps. me <laughs> yeah for me i'm seeing a lot of a lot of rhetoric going around about just voting donald trump out of office like that's going to solve all of our problems but it's not <laughs> like, like, please, let's make that happen. But also, that isn't the end all be all like things aren't going to be magically better. Girl, say the magic. I know I, I wrote down some things for people because if you're at least like once again, speaking for myself, I have high anxiety during this time and I have had it for a while. And so I'm like, how can I tell people who have either already voted or gonna who wanted to vote on the day because that's a thing like what they can do because it can still feel so crucial it could be really worrisome it could be really taxing on, on your mental health and and one of the mm-hmm. things was is remembering that the work is not done mm-hmm. you know yes. like I that was like one of my like I, I totally skipped over my own stuff but it's like <laughs> I have to make this point now of remembering no matter what happens your like does that make sense like what i think what yeah. you and i are hoping for regardless what that happens that is the beginning of the work but i think from what i've been seeing of the early voting numbers i will say that has been giving me all the vibes that i needed mm. that people actually for the first time if they're willing to do this cuz the thing is convincing people that there's more work to do when they weren't even willing to do this election it, it seemed, you know, like beating a dead horse. It seemed like an unfathomable thing to do. But the fact that was in, in Washington, I was looking up some of the numbers. As of October 22nd, 25% of the ballots had already been turned in to Washington state. As opposed to mm. that time last of the last election, it had only been 10%. That's over 1.2 million ballots. And there's 5 million, about 5 million registered voters, or maybe a little less. And so then I was like, okay, that's pretty good number. So then I saw the updated one from Tuesday, October 27th, and 52% had voted. It's oh, That's oh, 2.6 million ballots had already. Those numbers, those are some sexy numbers. I'm into that. And so I'm not going to sit there and act like they're all voting the way that I want them to vote. But what I am saying is people are seeing the work. 
Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's complicated by by the fact that we are living in a pandemic. We mm-hmm. are living in a moment where the Supreme Court is like poised to <sighs> to dis discard a bunch of votes. Mm-hmm. It's it's so so strange, but I think it is encouraging the large numbers in 2016. It was still, it was only 62% of yeah. voters who could have voted, voted. So I I know we're going to exceed that this year, mm-hmm. which is great. But I also know, like, we're not going to get anywhere near, like, 100% of voters. So it's it's so strange. It's strange to be excited about, like, the numbers. But then when you stop and think about the numbers, it's still kind of disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's the fact that it took up till now, like, this is what it took. That's where my disappointment is, is the fact that, you know, we have all, for the most part, have had even a brief understanding of how democracy in quotation marks work. But at the same time, I think it was really interesting. I was reading about it, been like, it's the first time Generation Z has been able to vote. And part of me is like, was so excited. And also I'm like, but wait, what did they teach you? Mm. (laughs) they're like what do they teach you about popular vote versus the electoral college versus like part of me is just like hamilton can't teach you everything but what 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 were they told about how this works i have some reservation but like i said for the first time i'm thinking step one just get people to participate step two (laughs) step two and i'm I'm anxious for the step two because if we can get people's ears if we can at least get them out of their seats if we can get them to click a button if we can get them to fill out a little piece of paper and drop it off on the way to go buy more Lacroix, can we get people to be really invested in like i said in what's next and be paying attention to what like so what's going on with the supreme court a lot of people don't know what they're trying to do with these ballots you know get them real news with real facts out there and getting people to be invested enough to do something about it. Well, it's also just hard because as human beings, we tend to be very myopic, very short-sighted. And so particularly in a year where there are so many issues and so many things impacting people's day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes feeling like caring about an election is like a privilege not afforded to everyone, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who are much more worried about like their current moment and I I understand that. And so I have this strange, like, two-sided feeling. Like, yes, I want to encourage as many people to vote as possible, but I also recognize that my ability to spend time and energy talking about an election and a presidential election and these things is a privilege in my mm. life that I have the space and in the ability to be able to to be thinking about those things. Hmm. That's a really interesting perspective because I think there's always been this, well, look at all the people who could have voted and didn't, instead of thinking like, well, what percentage of those people are just trying to survive? And thinking of, like you said, like that long term, because that is what election is, is thinking about this long term process. Because like we said, this work just starts now and thinking about I have to think about what's going to happen to myself tomorrow and the next week. That's about as long term as a lot of people. I mean, heck, even with this move of finding the time in the headspace to make sure I was really like feeling very well informed, 
yeah. that like a stretch. And I even felt it. That's what I was saying. Even at times I'm like, how could I have been so disconnected? I don't remember about this bond. Oh gosh. What judge and which districts are they up for it? Looking up, you know, their reports yeah. and stuff of that nature. But even that doing that at you know, midnight and trying to figure out how to do it. You're totally right. It Even in those stressful times it does seem to be like a privilege. So I think that's such an interesting point on how to give a a real perspective on people who might say, oh, but look at that percentage of people who don't vote as well. Yeah. The flip side of that is I feel like those of us who do have that space and time and energy to be able to think about those things, we can also use that space and time and energy to check in with our mm. friends, our family, our neighbors, and helping them mm. be able to you know, exercise their their civic duty by voting. Because I think something that I see that has come up a lot for elections in recent years is like being somebody who can drive people to polls, mm. right? To drive people to go vote. That is something like that many of us do have the ability to do. And I understand during a pandemic, it's complicated. But that's something that people can offer to friends and family and neighbors to make sure that they do go vote. Mm -hmm. I like that. I used to have me and a couple group of friends of just being like, you know, pre pre COVID have like, okay, we're going to try to vote at this time and have like a big potluck dinner. You mm. know, like, or let's go do early and have like a picnic and have it just be like, have you done this or checking and, and having these groups, like you said, that can give support. And there's nothing actually more rewarded than people who are like, I don't know. Like, cool. Talk about it. Or here's some real information. Right. Here's some resources to look at. Exactly. Exactly. I think that is, if that is something you are, like you said, privileged, you have the information, it's passionate, you have that space, that headspace and that emotional space as well to do that. Like, if you're feeling like you want to do more, and and that's kind of what, who I'm speaking towards, because even now I'm like, sometimes I just feel like I'm just waiting for the inevitable. I'm mm. I'm just I'm just waiting. We were even talking about um jokingly but also not jokingly making sure we have like enough groceries and stuff that we need so we don't have to go out in the world for the next like 4 days in case it's um, like the purge. <laughs> we definitely we did that. Like mm. I know it sounds extremist <laughs> but like no. Say it girl. Like I'm I'm making sure I've got enough. I've got we we straight to make sure we don't have to go out there because you just you just don't know. But I, I love that of just kind of connecting with people and using your resources to help those who might feel either overwhelmed, who don't feel informed, motivated, they don't know what to do. It's their first time. Be gentle. It's, you know, it's, it, there's a ray of emotions. And like I said, offering rights is a huge thing. And it does, it does get a bit complicated with COVID, but I, there, we can, we can do this. We can, we can work through this. This will not be the end for us of what we can do. Yeah. Talking about privilege also, like living where I live, I feel so privileged. I I went and early voted in person and I did not have to wait at all. Mm. There was no line because they had like so many people working. They had like six, six like different stations with people Ooh. who were like pulling up people's registration and all of that. They had all their super socially distant little ballot boxes uh, or little cubicles, you know, that you fill out your ballot in. And it was super easy. And <laughs> I just feel so lucky because I, in this past week, have seen friends of mine in other places in the country waiting 
hours mm, and hours. hours. <laughs> like I, I've had several friends um, in a New York City in particular who timed themselves from the moment they stepped in line to the moment they left and all of them were over three hours. And so (laughs) I'm like, that's also privilege because you're legally required to be given time off to go vote. I think it might only be if you're a full-time employee. Three hours is a long time. And I think you're only given two hours (laughs) to go vote. And so the fact that there's people waiting and waiting, like that's also privilege. Not everyone has that ability. And then when we're talking hourly waged workers, like mm-hmm. you're you're taking time off at your expense to go and do this thing. And when you feel like it's all so helpless and hopeless, like I, I don't know. It's just hard to ask people to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I, I really, really don't want to dissuade anyone from voting. <laughs> Girl, but I'm also don't want to, but I'm also gonna. I'm, I'm gonna not, ask like, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone, but I do think it's important to note like how fucked up her system is, you mm. know? It and is, I mean, um and to your point, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we gotta dismantle it. But like to your point, I think we're going to have work to do regardless of what happens in this election. So keeping all of these things in mind is important. Mm. So for if you are feeling some kind of way, that's like one of my new favorite. It's not new, but it's like the mm-hmm. best thing. If you feel in some kind of way about voting, either overwhelmed or you've already done it and you're just like, what was the point? Or you're still on the fence and you're feeling pressured All the things you've worn the mask, you've waited in line, or you don't just have a moment, drink a hot cup of tea, wait for results. Like, remember, like it's is gonna be. I won't say it will be okay, but believe it or not, you you are not alone in how you feel. You can casually ask friends and families have they voted yet? Do they need a ride with uh, in a very not in a judgy way, but just checking in. And I think that's a very loving thing to do. But I think something I I need to preach to myself and to others and kind of what Danny already brought up, purposely look for what, what good is happening around you. For some people, they have to kind of unplug from the social media if you can, if you feel like that's the right thing to do. But purposely look for the good that's happening around you. Because I know me, I can get easily swamped into, like you said, the two-party system's broken. Does anyone understand electoral college? There's people who are afraid to vote with paper ballots because they're afraid of being tampering. And I don't blame them because I'm afraid. I've been tracking my absentee ballot like it's a Fabergé egg that I'm mailing off to Alaska. It's it could feel so foreboding, but we have to pursue the good. And whether it's a friend getting engaged, it's uh, something going on in in your town. If there's someone who said they will never vote, don't like to vote, and they actually do, separate like celebrate these things and look for the good and what could be happening. When are the next local elections? What's going on for special elections? You know, what is that that next thing? If you if you have that headspace and look for that support around you, even amongst COVID, we have to purposely look for the good happening around you. I know I have to tell myself that, or I I would drown. <laughs> there has been a lot of a lot of retraining uh, that has been going on through all sorts of venues uh, for this election, but we aren't going to know who won Mm -hmm. for a while so 
holding your breath at this point is only hurting yourself. I think you need to take care of yourself. Self-care is important. But I think, you know, there's also room and space for thinking about what your next steps are and like what work needs to be done. Because regardless of the outcome, we have work to do and we don't really have have the luxury of of just waiting <laughs> to see how things are going to be in order to like rebuild our world. And I think that is an attitude that a lot of people have right now. We have work to do regardless of what happens. So thinking about what that work is while simultaneously caring for yourself so that you are equipped and able to do the work is really important right now. Mm. Ooh, everyone breathe. Yeah. (laughs) We can only do what we can do. So Mm. like, don't beat yourself up about, about any of it right Mm -hmm. now. Um, and and I'm glad I have someone like you, Danny, to talk through these things. Because sometimes even just talking through and knowing that, like, I have someone, a comrade in arms is what I like to say, to do the work with me. And someone who feels the duplicitous of feeling incredibly overwhelmed, but also chomping at the bit to get stuff done. So once again, as we always like to say, community is important, even at a distance. Yes. And I have a request of unicorns out there listening. Um, Mm. I would love to hear like what your game plans are. What are the things that you are working on? What is your next step? Like shoot us an email or send us a message. I want to hear all the things so that I can be inspired. Mm, I love that. Should we should we inspire with some happiness? Yes. Let's everyone needs a happy place right now. Demika, what is your happy place? Oh, first happy place in the homeland. Um, I guess it's a tie between being in a similar time zone as my buddy. Yay! As my friend. <laughs> We're only an hour apart. So I know. It's amazing. How I, weird. I feel you closer already. It's so close. <laughs> that, that definitely makes me, makes me happy. But I also, the main thing that's making me happy is also filled with a little bit of shame. So my best friend who... I love him to absolute death. And he's finally worn me down like a wave against a mighty mountain to get TikTok. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. I fought. I argued. And he will kept. He was relentless. He would. I would have like almost like a newspaper you would read with your morning coffee filled of TikTok videos every morning and just try to catch up throughout the day. And finally, it's actually we had a, ta- a conversation and he actually quoted something back to me about a re- unrelated situation of like, that's what you said. And I listened and I'm like, I get it. I'm a terrible friend. You have asked me to do this. And so I finally downloaded. I don't I'm not ticking or talking I'm not cool but you know just seeing what the kids are doing but anyway some people outside of the ridiculous trends and dances are doing some really cool stuff out there and one I wanted to share was this woman Alexis Nicole she is a self-proclaimed black forager I'm Mm. she's a lovely 
nerd of color. She is so funny and unapologetic and so intelligent and knowledgeable about the plants around her. I have mm. always low-key wanted to have like the confidence and the knowledge to forage. Like it terrifies me. <laughs> Cause plants can F you up. Did we all watch Into the Wild? Like I I I want to have that kind of like knowledge and especially for like a woman of color. I think it's used like we talk about what's on the white list and what's granola. Like I feel like that's a very thing, but this woman is so she's funny and hilarious and she's like you can eat cocktails and lilac jam and this is japanese maple nut and she's just she calls herself a filthy vegan i just it's free food and i love it and i enjoy it and her name is alexis nicole it's alexis a-l-e-x-i-s nicole spelled n-i-k-o-l-e you can at her and you should just follow her because she just instantly puts you in a good mood and low-key makes me just appreciate the plants around me. And hopefully one day I'll get the confidence to pick something and eat it. <laughs> putting strange things in my mouth. It seems like so scary and so overwhelming. And yet you reflect on it and remember that like people did that for so long so long so many generations of people have already done this and it terrifies me thank you like the fact that how many times we're like don't you know put that in your mouth you're as a kid you go outside like don't eat that you're trained to not eat these things out in nature but what do we go to the store to buy but bits of nature like someone had to eventually look at like kale and be like yeah you can eat that that's cool like someone had to do that and because of that but there's so many free greens that we consider to be weeds because they're not fancy or i don't for whatever then a hippie hasn't said they're cool yet and to think that there's so many people out there we could be a lot more food independent eating a lot more vegetables and greens and and just you know it's just really really cool i was just really into it and she like literally was showing what you could do with like lilac and and certain kind of plants but the thing that scares me she's just like oh you know if it's this shape it's good if it's that shape it's bad and it's just this minuscule difference and um Mm. it's a lot of knowledge that we've lost for sure but i mean like full disclosure like I make lilac syrup. I I come from a long line of, of weed eaters, like down here in New Mexico, you know, like we eat gelites and that's like, mm. that is literally a weed that just I grows so, everywhere. Yeah. I didn't um, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I like so. there's, there's a lot. And then my, I have my, my lovely darling husband who just always is like foraging and eating things. And sometimes it terrifies me, but <laughs> But I love that. I love that. I love that. My husband got one of those like how to survive in the woods and just like being amazed at just like learning the shape and texture and knowing just like, you know, if you can't get to the stove, you better find you some woods and making it work. And I think, I don't know, there's something so powerful, but you're right. We have lost a lot of that knowledge and we're just filled with a lot of fear and the fact that I could get a little bit of a tummy ache as, as opposed to gaining all this knowledge. I don't know. I'm, I have dipped a toe. I'm not fully in. I know in England, I was like obsessed with getting elderflower and making like elderflower syrups and things of that nature. So that's about as far as I've gone. But that was a pretty safe bet. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it just made me super happy. So yeah, believe it or not, TikTok is making me happy and learn things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you TikTok? Um, 
no, I do not create content for TikTok. I've been on and off TikTok for for a a long while because there is some good content out there to <laughs> to mm-hmm. take in, but I do not create content for TikTok. Samezy. So, what is what is Nobody wants to see like a 35-year-old woman <laughs> like trying to feel herself through a TikTok video. I don't, I don't know. know. Are you a savage? so so if it's not that's not making you happy what's making you happy uh my my happy place is a very simple happy place i'm into it last week we had a big snowstorm here in albuquerque pretty pretty crazy to have a snowstorm at the end of october but my happy place is the fact that my cats now are both sleeping in our bed again because it's cold so it's just like so much time with the furry creatures that i love so much um and they are just so sweet and i love them and i love like how much they were like oh it's cold outside nope staying in all day (laughs) which is like completely out of character so my cats my cats my happy place I love it. I know. it's. I feel like I've talked about my animals as my happy place before, but oh well. Deal with it. Nope. You're allowed because guess what? It's your happy place and climate change is real. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, it's it's their season. My black cats, it's it's their time since we're so close to Halloween. And uh, one, of, one of the two of them, I got him a special Halloween collar and the little bell on it oh. is a jack-o'-lantern. So cute. Oh my, how did we not talk about, well, I know by the time this comes out, Halloween will obviously pass, but what, what, where are you for Halloween? No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's too sad. (laughs) Halloween is too sad. I don't want to talk about Halloween. (laughs) I get that. Do you, do you at least want to know what Mariah wanted to be? I I... absolutely want to know what Mariah was. (laughs) So. She wanted to be something, and I'm like, I don't know if I can make that because I, yeah, dot. So she asked me the second time, and she really wanted it. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to have to tackle in all my prop making slash cosplay wannabe skills to make it happen. And I did, and I will send you photos. She wants to be zero from the Nightmare Before <gasps> Christmas. Adorable. I love it. That's what I she wanted to be. I love it. I feel like I've heard of so many Nightmare Before Christmas costumes this year and I'm I'm into it. Well, I love I love it. I I've heard it too but not a lot of not a lot of zeros. And so I was like how am I going to do this and somehow I think I think I pulled it off. Maybe cool. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll share a photo. Um, but she's happy. And honestly, that is like the best. And that's all you can really hope for, right? As a parent. So yeah. yeah. I don't know what she's gonna do with it. I think we might do a scavenger hunt in the woods. Love it. <laughs> she can wear that in the woods. There we go. Yes. Are you guys gonna watch Nightmare Before Christmas? I mean, since we've already almost probably watched it every single day for three weeks, I I'm pretty much sure we're probably gonna do that. So that's a safe bet. I love it. And we have to have the soundtrack on in the car. Like that's when we get in the car. That's the soundtrack we're going to listen to. So. Wow. The Nightmare Before Christmas is pretty, pretty intense in my house, which I'm both proud 
I'm real super proud. I'm pretty, and then, but I'm trying to put different variations as well, like the different versions that have come out for it, just to give the ears a break. But she, <laughs> but her kids are that way. Back, kids like it. really just latch on to a thing, you know. I and love it. I love her acting it out in the car. I love it. Adorable. I'm here for it. But yep, zero for Halloween. Pictures to come. Love it. All right. Well, unicorns, I'm not opposed to hearing about your Halloweens, even though I feel so sad about Halloween. Um, So feel free to share that. Share your action plans. Share all the things with us. You can find us all the usual ways. Find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Biracial Unicorns. We're on Twitter at Biracial Magic. Or you can send us an email biracialunicorns at gmail.com. If you would like to share your lovely voices with us, you can do that as well. You can send us a voicemail uh, and you can check our show notes for that phone number. Please do. Also, uh, please give a huge uh, show of support for Deli Pop Art, who's done our very iconic unicorn photo. It's gorgeous, right? We like to share her art on our pages as well. Big, huge thank you also to Joseph Scott for gorgeous intro and outro music. Please go follow them uh, and like their stuff. And hopefully, I think there should be some new stuff coming out from Joseph Scott as well. And please be safe. We just want to know that you guys are safe. uh, And you can... Do that by letting us know what you didn't also do. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm or here dreams for, that. for next year. Yes, exactly. I'm here for that. And if you're, you know, used to going out and doing stuff, what you could do is write us a review. That would really help us out. And that would be cool. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you go there and give us like high reviews and, and let us know what you're really enjoying about the show. That would we'd be so grateful for that. Yes. All right, unicorns. We will be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode. Sending you all the love, all the light. Hang in there. Regardless of what happens, we're all in this together and we will continue to fight for a better world because that's what unicorns do. Hells. Yeah, that is like, yep, done. (laughs) We're done. Can't top that. (laughs) We're done. Wash your hands. (laughs) Wash your hooves. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Out. Out.